This is an AMI podcast. Well, howdy, partners, and welcome again to Low Vision Moments, the podcast all about those sometimes frustrating, potentially embarrassing, but often pretty comical things that happen when you are just trying to go about your day with a visual impairment, blindness, or albinism. I'm your host, Jenny, and this is episode number 18. I'm 18. We are officially old enough to drink in Alberta, Manitoba, and Quebec. The rest of the provinces, you will have to wait until next week. And any Americans, you still have a long way to go. Over the past two years, quite a few, shall we call them, pandemic trends have popped up. For example, hordes of people trying their hand at baking breads for the first time. So many people having babies. So many babies. And most of them are pretty cute, I have to admit. I'm just kidding. Your baby is the cutest, of course, and the smartest as well. Your baby alone. There are countless what have been called pandemic puppies in my area of town alone as well. Take a guess which of the trends I picked up on. Go ahead and guess. Well, in a way, the answer is all of them. Yep, I became a mom last year. No, I'm just kidding. I got a dog. I got a dog and I'm a wacko dog mom now. And with that new experiment has come plenty of new low vision moments. My guest, you guys, this time... I've been trying what feels like forever to get our schedules coordinated, and it has finally happened. This person is a Zumba guru. I love saying that. A Zumba instructor. We've been out tandem biking together. Don't worry, neither of us were in the front steering. We each had our own pilot. And we're also former colleagues. It's probably a good thing because this podcast is never safe for work. And last thing I'll say is we both recently became dog owners in the past year or so. So I think that's probably what we're going to talk about for the most part today. Iris Laven, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny. And it really has been a work in progress to try to do this with you. And I'm so excited to be here. So excited. Iris, what do you want the people to know about you before we get started? Sure. Uh, as you said, Jenny, I am a Zumba instructor, have been for uh, quite a number of years now. And as you said, I am also a recent dog mom. He is about to turn seven months old, and I think we will have a lot of dog stories and experiences to share. I think we're going to relate on a lot of things. And I should I should mention for the listeners, too, that we, we both have albinism. Yes. And so I think our, our situations are obviously going to be similar, but that, I mean, that goes along with when you, when you get a dog, anybody, no matter who you are, especially if you're kind of new to it, like I was, there are a lot of adjustments. There are a lot of things to learn. So I, I mean, I just, I can't, I can't wait to get into this. Your dog is a little bit younger than mine. My pup Rory, he's a shepherd or, so he's kind of like 
a lab in Shepard's clothing. A lot of his behavior is very lab. He's very friendly and playful, but he's got a ton of energy. <laughs> a and it doesn't seem to be waning much as he gets older. We'll see what happens once he has the big surgery, the big snip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he basically is like shaped like a Labrador retriever and he's got the coloring of a German shepherd. So we we love him. We're obsessed with him. Tell me about your pup. Yeah, his name is Odin and he is a golden doodle. His mom was, is a golden (laughs) retriever and his dad is a standard poodle. He also has an abundance of energy. Uh, which we are hoping will come down with the surgery as well. (laughs) Uh, But I don't have my hopes up right now. (laughs) (laughs) He loves other dogs and other people. He makes friends with anybody and everybody. Loves to get pat scratches played with sometimes a bit too much for Mm -hmm. our liking. But it is what it is. He is seven months old, almost, and uh, I guess that's what we get from a puppy. I should have mentioned Rory is about a year and a month when mm. when we are recording this, and he's super social too. Mm-hmm. He wants to meet everyone <laughs> and anyone on the street, which has become a big part of our, our attempt at, at training mm-hmm. in, in some ways, but he loves kids as well. He's obsessed with little kids. So one time he actually got out of our backyard, the gate failed, and I come outside and he's and he's nowhere to be found. But we live in a cul-de-sac uh-huh. and it's right next to a community center. And I started calling his name uh-huh. and he come he comes bounding from over at the community center area. And some of the the, the kids he was playing with are following him. <laughs> They they follow him as he's as he's actually coming for recall, which is a, a nice surprise. That's great, yeah, right. So he just went over to the community center and was and was hanging out with the kids. Oh that my play goodness! Front there. Oh my goodness! But let's let's talk about the really early stuff. And you might still be dealing with this more so than I am. But when puppies are first learning about the world around them, many of them, some breeds more than others, I think, they learn about the world around them by putting things in their (laughs) mouths. Tell me about it. When we first got Rory, literally everything that could fit in his mouth, he would put it in his mouth (laughs) And so I had to learn really, really quickly how to manage that. I don't know how people who are fully sighted, people who can see well, I don't know how they do it mm-hmm. when they need to retrieve something from the dog's mouth. It's like, okay, what do what do I do? Like, yeah. do people just pry the mouths open and look inside? I don't know. But I had a feeling that wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. looking inside an animal's mouth, yeah, probably not effective with low vision. So I went, I went straight to the tactile method of shoving my hand in there and I got really good. (laughs) You're relating. I can tell a hundred percent. 
hundred percent. I got really good at sticking my hand in there and sweeping that whole mouth, like up in the gums. And I mean, I had to, there were times when I had to, I have really small hands. Like you can fit. I know when people are choking or people have something in their throat, you're not supposed to reach in there yes. and grab it. Yeah. But with dogs and little hands like mine and no vision, yeah. <laughs> it works. I can't tell you how many things I pulled out of this dog's like about to go down his throat. Yep. hundred percent. I, I can relate to it hundred percent and I do it to this day. And I have my husband, Phil, who has normal vision Mm-hmm. He his eyes go so wide every time I stick my hand into Odin's mouth to try to figure out where it where the, you know what he has in his mouth. But Odin also has become smarter. He mm-hmm. and starts to hide things like more down in his jowls where you can't you know immediately feel it when you go mm-hmm. into his mouth. Damn, these dogs are smart. <laughs> If they would just stop learning, you know, exactly. if they would just stop learning our, they're learning our cues, 100%, right? Yeah. Rory's not real proficient at hiding things in his jowls, but he's fast. <laughs> that little bugger is fast. And so he knows, I can just look at him a certain way and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, she knows I'm eating something. <laughs> so he'll run away. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm pretty fast, yeah. but again, he's learning. He's a s- sneaky bugger. He's he's at an age now where it's I really don't need to do this nearly as often. Right. But when Rory was a puppy, it was rocks, like rocks oh, okay. of all sizes and types. He would just put them in his mouth. Oh my god! And 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 this this is where shoving my whole hand in there <laughs> really first came into play. I, I don't I uh, I don't know how many rocks he ate if he ate any, <laughs> but I and again I never really thought about what are other people thinking yeah. when I'm shoving my hand in there yeah. and it's I mean it's gross it is but it's it's, it's necessary absolutely absolutely <laughs> I think it's pretty effective it as is well it is. <laughs> Again, when I stick my hand into Odin's mouth and I, it comes out, and you can imagine how it comes out with slobber dripping, etc. Oh, yeah. And you can just see Phil just shaking his head, like going, oh, my God, what did you just do? <laughs> and it all comes down to when you have low vision, you're going to figure out how to do something. It might be slightly different than how someone with good vision will do it. Oh, absolutely. And it might, you know, um, from the sidelines, it might look a little strange, but it but it works. It absolutely works. I talked a minute ago about recall and how Rory kind of, he so he came that one time when uh-huh. he got out and I called his name. Recall has been one of the things that's been really tough for him to learn. I've done all the tricks, read all of the techniques, and he's getting better. But something I've encountered a lot as a dog owner is the off-leash thing. And when I first, first got him, we have a pretty large backyard by Halifax standards. We're very lucky. Um, but he was so small that we, when we got him, I wouldn't even 
like to be off leash with him in our own backyard Mm -hmm. because he would disappear off in the distance and I wouldn't be able to find him. I wouldn't be able to spot him. And this is when he was still eating rocks. (laughs) So I need to be – I need. I had to be a few inches away at all times. So it was – I think for other people, it would have been strange to see me in my backyard with my puppy on a leash. Uh-huh. But for me, that made sense. How do you approach the off-the-leash thing? Simple answer. I don't. Right from the beginning, we were quite aware that when Odin goes out for a walk with me, he will not be going off-leash. Whether we're in an off-leash dog park or, you know, on a trail or anything like that. Just for the same reasons. I mean, I can't see far very well. So, you know, I need to be close to him to make sure that he doesn't get into anything. He doesn't pick up anything from the floor, on the ground. You know, he... You know, if there's a person that does not want to be greeted by a dog, which he will because he loves people. So for the off-leash thing, we have a dog walker that comes and picks up Odin and takes him off-leash hiking with a group of other dogs. And they run and run and run and run and run. And she sometimes takes them to beaches, different types of hiking trails, parks, wherever she takes them and gets his off-leash fixing with her. I'm glad Rory's not here to hear you talk about the off-leash stuff in the woods at the beach because, (laughs) my God, he would be jealous. (laughs) Oh, yes. But it's it's interesting, like, now that I have a dog, Mm -hmm. I'm always kind of curious how other people do things with their dogs, whether they're sighted or not or whatever. And sometimes I'm kind of surprised by how people operate, but I love your approach. And I might need to get the number of this person who's taking your dog out because, damn, I need a break sometimes. These legs get tired. Absolutely. You know, in the last few months, I've been letting Rory off-leash in controlled areas Uh where there are other people and other other dogs. Uh And they do tend to stay, you know, in a pack. And I've found myself letting the other dog owners know, like, hey, if he he darts off, I might need your eyes to help me spot him. Absolutely. Yeah. And they don't I don't think they really know what I mean. Uh but I don't always I don't usually have to get into detail because no. it doesn't happen. Exactly. Knock yeah. on wood. Yeah. Iris, we can't talk about dogs without talking about the business. Oh yes, absolutely. Do you say Odin do your business or like what's your code? We basically just say go pee, go poop. Ah. Um when we first got Odin I wanted him to have a code language, Mm -hmm. you know, do your business or, you know, whatever it was. And we never, Phil and I never agreed on whatever that was going to be. And then we missed the train. And now it's like when we're outside and I'm, or Phil is standing there, Odin, go pee, Odin, go poop. And it's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) do you have neighbors nearby oh yeah (laughs) 
we do. So more than anything, I wish that we had agreed on a code language from the beginning. I'm dying. I'm just dying because I'm imagining. <laughs> Phil, I'm just imagining Phil. Particularly like the early morning and the late night Absolutely. trips to the backyard. Go, go pee, go poo. And in the summer, your neighbors have their windows open and they're... And we, yep, exactly. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, no, so, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we do have the, the, we have the code business for Rory. Okay. And we've tried really hard to train him. Uh, a friend of mine gave us this this tip where you can buy a string of bells that you hang from the doorknob. Yes, yeah, right. And they and they ring it when they need to go do business. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously now he does it anytime he wants to go in the backyard because we're suckers <laughs> and we just you know, oh, you rang your bells, good for you. Okay, you're gonna go in the backyard. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, let me tell you about some of the fun surprises I had in the beginning. I had no idea these poops were going to be so small, first of all. Little tiny puppy <laughs> poops. I'd imagine that's hard for anybody to find. Yep. But that was hard. There's so many variables. Let's get into each of them. The small poops, really hard to find. When it's bright out, excuse me. Yep. I can barely find anything when it's bright out, let alone little poops on the ground. Yep. And then when the leaves fall in the autumn, I know for sure because I've seen other people post about it online, <laughs> other dog owners have trouble finding poops in the leaves. My God, as someone who, with low vision, I can't tell you how many minutes I've spent in public fishing around in leaves on the side of like the highway. Like I live at the corner of Bears Road and Connaught area. And these are two like major highway type roads. Yep. I'm on the side of these roads, fishing through leaves, looking for poops. I'm like, <laughs> I'm crouched down, like looking like I'm doing a real deep squat. I'm down there fishing around. I can only imagine what motorists and passersby are thinking. Have you got any techniques? <laughs> Have you got any business advice for me? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I know very helpful, but I got to tell you when we go on walks, Phil does the business picking up, which makes it easier for me so that, you know, literally with me too, my nose needs to basically go to the ground for me to be able to find it. That's one technique. But I got to tell you, it was uh, about a month ago. Odin wasn't feeling very well. And uh, one of the things that was going on was he had extreme diarrhea. And I called the vet and Phil was at work. I was at home. And uh, the receptionist said, well, when you come, please bring a sample. (laughs) That's my favorite. And I thought, uh... Okay, so I will go out in the backyard with Odin. First, say, go poop. And then I need to make sure where he went. So I need to follow him close behind. Well, (laughs) I can't believe we're talking about this. (laughs) 
I thought, okay, well, if I kind of follow, you know, with my hand kind of where he was sitting, mm-hmm. right, and think where his back was and where his back end was, so it should be there somewhere. And so there was, there was something there that I had to struggle to pick up. <laughs> and then when phil came to pick us up to go to the vet and i had his business in a ziploc bag he said how did you do that i said with the help of my hand coming down from his back to try to you know in the approximate area and of course my nose (laughs) so other than that, Jenny, I'm sorry, I do not have any techniques for you. <laughs> That's pretty good. And kudos, kudos to you. Because I, I'm hoping this is the last time we'll say diarrhea on this episode. But this technique that you've done, this is what I think a lot of guide dog users do is they kind of, right. So they kind of, they're, you know, they're sidled up right next to the pooch and they've kind of, um, they've kind of got their hand on their back end almost right Mm -hmm. to, to, to be able to guide them, you know, to, to guide their, (laughs) how do you describe (laughs) this? It's just like, Oh, now I, I have other techniques and I don't know if these will help you or not, but, Something that works for me is <laughs> this is so gross. We're gonna move on to another topic in a second. But something that works for me is relatively consistently, I can find the poop by doing like a heat seeking technique. <laughs> so <laughs> so I can't go under some of these bushes quite like the dog can, but my I can reach my arm under there. And so I kind of like scan. I have my hand my hand flat out, right? And it's almost like imagine like a beach metal detector. Right. And I'm just like hovering my hand around the vicinity to find the warmth, right? And cuz sometimes you can't smell it. Exactly. Sometimes the, yeah. the nose technique is not always reliable. So flat palm, scan the area above where you think they went is pretty reliable. There you go. I think that's a great one. There's one other thing I really want to talk about, and it's something that surprised me. It shouldn't have, but something that I've been surprised by in the process of owning a dog is everyone in their dog that I meet they now need to know that I can't see. I mentioned it a little bit earlier when we're out around other dog owners at parks, et cetera. I might mention it because uh, I might need I might need your eyes mm-hmm. to help me retrieve my dog if he if he takes off. But the other aspect of it I find is we walk our dog twice a day usually. And so we encounter a ton of other dog owners. Do- dogs are everywhere in my neighborhood now. And I think I'm noticing it, number one, because I'm a dog owner now and I'm like noticing it, but I think it's the pandemic. Like I legitimately think a bunch of people went and got dogs during the pandemic because they're all similar ages too. Mm -hmm. And I find myself in these new social situations where if I was out walking around, I wouldn't have to encounter nearly as many people as I do with when I'm walking with my dog. So whether I'm meeting another dog owner or whether I'm meeting 
it's usually other dog owners, right? And so I know if I'm in my neighborhood walking my dog and I encounter another dog owner, we're probably going to cross paths again. And the next time we cross paths, it might be, you know, at opposite ends of the park or at opposite, you know, across the street. And it all it comes back to, I don't want you to think I'm a dick yep. because I'm ignoring you. Uh, we met a couple of days ago. Uh, our dogs got to know each other. We exchanged hellos, et cetera. And I'm going to keep encountering you. I need you to know that I'm not that jerk with the shepherd or uh, I need you to know. <laughs> and I feel like I just wasn't expecting that. And I don't – it is exhausting because I feel obligated to tell people that, hey, if you know we cross paths next time, I might not see you. And I'm try- still just trying to find the words because – it's a different conversation than I'm used to having. It is. Do you, have you, do you encounter that too? Yes, I do. We do have um, a few older dogs down the street that doesn't want anything to do with poor Odin. But, you know, those owners, when we're out and about walking around, it, it is exactly the same thing. I had to also say, you know what? It's because I can't see you. It's not because... I have something against you. I just can't see you when you're on the other side of the road and are waving at me. You know what's so funny is if I was to list all of Rory's friends in the neighborhood, 100% this dog has more friends than I do. 100%. (laughs) He's got so many friends. And I'm kind of jealous. Like, dude, you get to hang out and play with your friends every day. And half of these dog owners that I meet, I mean, it's probably more than half. People are friendly and, you know, they're they're generally sociable. But some people, like, don't they don't really care to give you the time of no. day. They're okay to let the dogs interact and play. But they, th- I find those tend to be the people who, like, forget or don't really know how to take when I tell them, hey, I might not see you. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it doesn't help that I'm bad at remembering the human names. I can remember <laughs> no. the dog names, like, no problem. Same here. Yep. I can remember the dog names, no problem, too. And, and, then, that. and then it is, oh, the lady with a greyhound whose name is whatever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're Sassy's mom or you're Jersey's mom. Oh, you're Maui's dad. And it's just like, I think other dog owners get it. We're weird, eh? Dog owners, like, we're a, we're a special kind of people, 100%. I think. The one last thing I should say is getting a dog for me has just further solidified that I should not have children. This is enough responsibility and this is my limit. I agree with that. You do? I 100% okay, agree with that. Absolutely. You're the first person that's agreed. Yes, I'm so happy. 100%. I Even going through all the stages with Odin, like putting things in his mouth and doing that, doing the, And I'm thinking, I can't put my whole hand in a baby's mouth. Like, you know, I <laughs> not don't recommended. know. Not recommended. Exactly. And I just went, no. No, that's it. We'll be for parents and that's that. This this is what I'm happy with yeah, too. Yeah. This this is enough responsibility for me. When they're in that puppy stage, like I could barely find time 
to like do my daily tasks. Legitimately, I don't know how you parents do it. So bravo to all of you brave enough and good enough to raise children because it is it is not for me. Oh, well, this has been cathartic. I'm so glad that we get to talk about our pups and maybe sometime soon they can get together and play. Absolutely. That would be awesome. How can people participate in your Zumba classes once they start up? I'd love to help spread that word if we can. Uh, they can just uh, message me on Facebook. I do have a Facebook page, Zumba with Iris Laven. Message me through there. And once, you know, classes get started back up again, all the information will be there. And I'm pretty quick in responding to messages. So if they have any questions, they can just message me on there. Well, I think I can speak for both Iris and myself when I say that becoming a new dog parent has so far been rewarding, <laughs> challenging, and sometimes a surprising adventure. I thought runners focused and talked a lot about training and poop, but man, <laughs> new dog owners are a whole nother level. I would also bet, I would wager money on it legitimately, that longtime pet and service dog owners listening right now are rightfully judging us pretty hard <laughs> for being such newbies. Rightfully judging. We welcome your tips, your advice, your own pet moments, and of course, your pet photos are welcome too. No weird boudoir shit, just pet photos, please. Send an email to podcasts at ami.ca or leave a voicemail for us at 1-866-509-4545. Oh, one more time, that phone number is one 866 509-4545. Make sure to mention low vision moments in the message, please. And thanks. Thank you to technical producer spectacular Sam Robinson with assistance from Jacob Shimansky. And for letting me get away with all this poop talk, thanks to manager at AMI-audio Andy Frank. Thank you, you lovely listeners, for listening. And until next time, don't you make a mess while I'm gone. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.